get your Bibles out and go to, um, let me see where we're going, John chapter 5. I'm going to change my sermon today to what I was normally going to do, and I'll pick it up when the Lord says to. But I have it, I just had something on my heart really strong. If there was a time in this church I preached on healing a lot, I began to notice that people were not being healed and they were becoming frustrated. Things weren't working the way they thought they should work. And I thought that I'm, I, I'm probably compounding the problem because once you keep getting prayed for and nothing happens, you get discouraged. And I, I just backed away and thought, well, I'm going to back away for a while and not just keep preaching this because sometimes I need a little more revelation. Sometimes I need, to, I need a little bit more to help you. Nobody knows everything. I don't know everything. Um, I've had a few times in my life, I've been basically healthy all of my life. When I say that, all my Christian life, I was out, I was out of my pulpit once in 30 years. I'll be pastoring this church 30 years this Easter. So I've been out one Sunday in a hospital in Texas when my appendix ruptured. But the next Wednesday, I was back preaching. That's a pretty good record. You know, just to open you up, took a, took a wet vac, sucked everything out, sewed me back up. And put me back in church. That's basically what they did. I know that sounds like oversimplification, but they just cut it out and cleaned you up and sewed you up and left the rest to God because they don't, people don't heal. And so that's a pretty good record. I wouldn't say that every time I've ever stood on the word and prayed, I've gotten results. Most of the time I do. Most of the time I do. But I've had a few times when I've prayed and things didn't happen or they didn't happen very quickly. Or I've prayed for someone and it didn't work. And, I, and I got dis, I've gotten discouraged because I, I prayed for people believing they were healed and they didn't, they died. Really bothered me. And I know that healing belongs to us. We all know that healing belongs to us. We see it in the Bible. All of us in this room, maybe with the exception of a few people, believe in healing. We believe God heals. And so, the, um, so, so I'm going to go back today and I'm going to do something because in the last couple of days, I went down to Andrew Womack's meetings, really enjoyed them. Dwayne Sheriff was down there. Dwayne, Dwayne is a friend of mine. Uh, he came out of Tom Copeland's church, and he's got a church in Oklahoma, and he's traveling with Andrew now. Got to see Dwayne, hug on him a little bit, him and Sue. But, uh, but, he's, but, but Andrew said something, and he fired me up because I, I saw something that I think we need to hear. And um, one of the things that impressed me, you know, when someone gets results, be impressed. Don't, don't impress people, be impressive. So he, when I was sitting there waiting for the meeting to begin, Andrew was coming into the meeting and there was a woman in a wheelchair behind me and she grabbed him and he kneeled down and prayed for her and she got up and ran out. And I went, that's pretty good. And then calmly, he just got back up and started preaching. Now, when you see people getting results, you go, I should listen. Right? And I do. You know, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. We're always learning. So I want to talk to you about what the Lord showed me. And my, my heart is, I want you well. I want your kids well. I want to help us. Not, not you, us. I want to help us. Everyone in here has had days when you've been sick. It is not fun to hurt everywhere. And I'm not talking about just the flu. I'm talking about stuff that's killing you or something the doctor said you'll never get over it. And that's scary. You're thinking, well, I believe in healing, but I'm praying and nothing's happening. And so we've been there. And when that happens, my heart goes out to people who, who hurt and are going thing. We got Nathan Mercado sitting right here. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's actually from Apopka and Puerto Rico all at the same time. His father's a Puerto Rican pastor right here. You know, it hadn't been, but just a few months ago, uh, he had a brain tumor. Wasn't expected to live. Um, 
You know, and the Lord laid it on my heart, and I went over and visited him and hugged on him and loved on him and prayed the word of God over him. But his faith in God and his family's faith in God, and uh, he just got back from Columbia preaching. Now, to God be the glory. I mean, Nathan's a good man, but you know, I don't want a friend of mine. I knew if he died, he'd go to heaven. We'd, we would rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. But I, but I looked at him and I said, Nathan, you're not done. And I went to God and I said, he's not done. And I just, I would just surround him with faith and love and speak the word of God over this man. And I do it to you and I don't have success for everybody, but I want to have more success. Do y'all want to, do y'all want to have more success? I do. I do. So I want to teach you something today, but you're going to have to have a little humility to hear me because I'm going to show you something where you might need to make some adjustments. Okay, so in John chapter 5, it says there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. And at, the, at Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate was a pool, which in the Hebrew is called Bethsaida. When Lisa and Justin and I were there, we went to that pool really cool. Having five porches, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. An angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there 38 years. Long time to be sick, guys. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he'd been in that condition a long time, he asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? What kind of question is that? Certainly wants to be well. He's there trying to get healed. But I'm going to say something right now. I want you to hear this. Just because you want to be healed does not mean that you have done what God told you to do to get healed. You're nearly, you know, everybody wants a million dollars, but not everybody can even hardly make a paycheck. Amen. See, there's a lot of times I want to be healed or I want healing, but I am not doing what he said. So the question is, Do you really want to get over that? How bad do you want to get over that thing? Do you want to walk again? Do you want to to jog again? Do you want to walk without pain? Do you want to sleep without pain? Do you want your children healed? Do you really? You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but not very many people want to walk with God. I'll take heaven. I just don't want Jesus. I mean, that's the world's full of them. The church in America today, it's not in the best shape. We have something other than God to worship. As long as you've got it made, you don't have to seek him. Sad that we seek him when things are going wrong with the moment he blesses you, you stop. It's not easy. It's hard to be rich. I'm going to tell you, it's harder to be rich and be a Christian than poor. Because when I got saved, you know why I gave my heart to Jesus? I didn't have nothing. What else was there? Do I want to follow God? Yeah. How would I get to church? Didn't have, I barely had a car. Had no money. Had no clothes. So he said, give me all. I went, okay, here's my pocket knife. And I have nothing. That's easy. So, so he's asking this question, do you, wa- do you want, do you want to get healed? And he, and now look at what he says. And the sick man said, I have nobody to put me in the water. I'm here and I'm sick and it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. Now I'm going to say something to you right now. Let's just listen to me. If there, if there ever is a reason If someone is stopping you, then you can never get an answer to your prayer. If God is not for you, if you're waiting on God and he's not healing you, then you can't get healed. I'm going to say something right now. I want you to listen because I'm going to change your life if you'll you'll just listen. Every time I've, you know, I've been to jails and preached. I've been all the world and preached. You know, one of the biggest problems in jail, it's not my fault I'm here. Jojo did it. I was raised in a bad family. It's my mama's fault. If you're a victim, you can never be a victor. You can't be a victim and a victor. You got to stop being a victim. So Jesus is talking to this man and he said, I see you're in this condition, but I have a question. Do you really want to get up from there? And he says, well, it's really not my fault. 
It is your fault. So listen to me what I'm going to say. I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to rock your world. If you're sick, it's your fault. If you're broke, it's your fault. You chose to be ignorant. You, it's, your cho- it's your choices. Now, now, you, now you, that may not, you may not like that, but you're waiting on God. You can't make God do nothing. You're waiting on people. You can't make anybody do anything. You know, when I was going through my, my first marriage, my wife told me it was my fault. And I said, I wished it was. Because I can fix that. But if it's you, I can't fix you. You can't fix other people. They're going to do what they want to do. And you might as well get over that. So if you're waiting on someone else, if you're waiting on God, if you're waiting on circumstances, you're waiting on anything, then you're never, you're never going to get your answer to prayer. You're just never going to get it. But what if it is you? That's good news. If it's you, then you can come out of what you're in. Right? Yeah, I'm right. Now that's good news. Now that may not sound good news to you because it's hard to hear. You know, when we read the Bible, we kind of think Jesus ran around with a magic wand he got from Mickey Mouse. But there's 18 individual people he prayed for. Now, he prayed for the masses, but there's only 18 that we know that he prayed for. The, 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 the bad man of Gadara or the woman with the issue of blood or Jairus' daughter. There's only 18 of them. Now, the, some, Bible, some, some books say it here, here, and here, so it looks like it's 30, 40. It's not. 13 out of the 18, he said, your faith did it. Right? The woman with the issue of blood, he didn't know she was there. So, so do we have something to do with this? Yes. Yes, we do. And you know, I, I, I've been in that boat. Now listen to me because I'm going to help you. I've been in the boat where I've been waiting on God. I've been there. I've done it. But I'm going to ask y'all a question. When's the last time you talked to a faith and word person and they said, I'm believing for my salvation? You've never heard anyone say it. I'm believing for the Holy Ghost. Why do we say I'm believing for my healing? You know what that statement is? It's pure, raw unbelief. It's quiet in this Baptist church. Are y'all ready? Because I'm going I'm to tell you something. We're going to be the healthiest church in the city. We're going to have to be, find somebody sick. Now, I'm going to say another thing to you. If you're going through a battle, don't you ever get in condemnation. I've been through stuff. That's not a sign that, there's some, that you're doing something wrong. Now, if you stay there, yes. But it's not a sign. How, how do you take a baby and, and say the kid did something wrong? And it's been this way since birth. What do you do? Sin in his mama's belly? No. We've attributed uh, uh, stuff to people. And, and it's hard to be sick in a faith and word church. Because you can't tell anybody I'm having a need. I mean, the, the, the Holy Ghost Police Department will chase you down and correct you. <laughs> what should we do? When we see that you're not doing well, and I hear you're not doing well, I'm going to walk up to you and go, brother, what are you believing? I'm believing I'm here. I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I bind that in the name of Jesus. I'm agreeing with you. You'll live and not die. You'll walk. Amen. Hallelujah. You're in a fight and I'll fight with you. I'm not going to look down on you or condemn you because you're going through that. I'm going to fight for you and with you when you're in the middle of something. When I was in the hospital, and, and most of y'all don't know this, but legally, I was completely inside full of gangrene. When they opened me up, I was just full of it. And he said, you just about didn't make it. You were in bad shape. I said, I told you. When I went in, I called Lisa and said, call Mary Fran, call Betty Mae, and call Shirley. Now, I didn't tell him to call y'all because I don't need everybody in the church agreeing that I'm dead. (laughs) Have you heard pastors almost dead? Well, let's believe God that he'll live and not die. God, pastor's almost dead. Have you heard? Pastor's almost dead. Have you? We need to pray. Pastor's almost dead. I don't need you. (laughs) I don't want all that agreement. I want someone who's going to believe God with me. 
So when I went in there and they, they sucked all that junk out and cut all the parts out that were bad and threw them in the garbage can, and I looked at him and I said, I need to go home. He goes, you're sick. I said, oh, I was sick when they came in. I said, you've done all you're going to do. I want to go home. And he said, we can't send you home. I said, oh, God, this, I'm just laying in a bed. I want to go. So he reluctantly signed the papers, put a little plug in the hole so I wouldn't leak on the plane and ship me home. Y'all didn't know it, but I looked like I was about 14 months pregnant when I walked in my house. I had water sticking out in here. Man, I'm walking around. I got to get a maternity dress. <laughs> that was Monday. By Wednesday, folks, I'm going to tell you, to the glory of God, to the glory of God, I never even broke a fever. I never had a fever. I never even got a fever. Glory to God. But, you know, I just laid there in that bed and just laid there and just worshiped God. You know, I'm not the healer. But, you know, now, wouldn't I like to have had my faith where I didn't have to? I wasn't there. Don't, don't get all bent out of shape in me. I'm not, I'm not. I don't know everything. I'm doing pretty good. I don't know everything. So if I, if I have gangrene, I'm not going to believe God it's gone. I'll just open it up and get it out. Use the vacuum cleaner, get it out, and then put me back together. And then I'll use my faith from here. Is that all right? Okay. So I'm not going to condemn you where you are. But I am going to stand with you where you are. All right. Now let's move on because I want to show you something. Now, I'm going to tell you where this came. Go to Acts 10.38. I'm going to show you something. Everybody say, I'm ready to hear it. All right. Uh, listen to me. I, I looked for a book, and I, and I couldn't find it. I got a book on Alexand John Alexander Dowie. John Alexander Dowie was a Baptist pastor in, I think, New Zealand. It might have been England, but he was over there someplace. And the bubonic plague broke out in his church and in his, in his town. And he people were dying. He was, he was burying people every day, taking them and burying them and going to the sick. And he prayed for everybody that died, and all of them died anyway. They just died. Right about the time, now I'm talking, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was on his 30, 38th person in his church dying 38 dead people in his church prayed for them all, and, and none of them recovered. Not one. Not a single person he prayed for recovered. He's in the house of a girl who's probably in her early teens. Pretty girl. And, and he got mad. We talked in men's about getting mad. It's time to get mad. And he said, God, I have prayed. And I don't want to lose any more of these people. God, I am praying. And God gave him Acts 10.38. Now let's read it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good and healing all that are oppressed by who? The devil. the devil. Now listen to me. I'm not against you eating right. You should eat right. But the Jews in the Bible had the best diet in the world in history. And they came to Jesus because they were sick. You're not going to eat your way to health. Now, I know I just made you mad. Or you just get mad and you just stay mad. Now, should you eat right? Absolutely. Throw the Cokes and the Diet Cokes in the trash. That's junk. Get as much processed food and get it out of your life. Get that trash out of your life. Eat right to the best of your ability. I mean, don't, don't pour bad oil in a good car. All right. But, but. If you think that a tomato is going to get a devil out of you, you're deceived. <laughs> How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went around doing good and healing all, all sickness is from hell. Now, I didn't say everybody had a demon in them, but it's all from hell. And you've got authority over all the work of the enemy. You've got to start seeing that sickness is not God. Yes. So and John Alexander Dowie is right there, and he's at this bed of this girl dying, and the Holy Ghost said, it's the devil, not me. Quit asking me. And he laid his hands on her, and he cast that thing. You go in Jesus' name, you foul devil of, of and I think it was the bubonic plague. You bubonic plague, go in Jesus' name. Yes. And she recovered. And he ran to every church member. He ran from house to house to house to house that day. And everybody in his church lived and did not die. Yeah. 
Now, what are you going to do with me? And you go, oh, I don't know if that's so. <laughs> really? How do you look at a guy and tell him, I don't believe your doctrine? When you just got through raising all of you people in your church from the dead. Now, let's go back here. Jesus never prayed for anybody. It's not even in your Bible. What if we ever did it like Jesus? All right. Are you all okay? So, if that's true, and it is. Now, let me tell you one more story. I couldn't find this either. I looked last night in my shelf and couldn't find it. There's a woman named Lillian B. Yeoman. She was a medical doctor, and someplace in the islands, they took her over there, and a plague was in a village in the islands. And uh, she says, well, if there's a sickness, there's a source of the sickness. Now, don't ever forget that. If there's a problem, there's a source. If there's rebellion, there's a source. If there's sickness, there's a source. If there's sin, there's a source. Something's causing this. The curse caused which doesn't come. So they looked all over the village and finally with a, a, a pig had fallen in the well. It was down in the water system rotting. And everybody drinking the water was getting sick and dying. What happens when you get the pig out of the well? The water source clears up. And everybody starts getting happy again. Is that hard? That's not real hard. So when we see this, we're seeing that Jesus went around praying for people and taking authority over all the work of the enemy. Do you have that same ability? Hello? Now, does that, now let me, let me go back and I'm going to tell you something about my sister Nancy for a minute. Just listen to me. My sister Nancy's daughter had, was severely retarded. Why did it take Nancy years for Brooke to recover? According to Nancy's faith. Nancy's growing. Every time that she grew a little more, she had a little more faith and she kept speaking the word to Brooke, speaking the word to Brooke. Well, she's not waiting on God. God's waiting on her. Now, after she went through that with Brooke, if she lays hands on you now, she'll get you healed a whole lot quicker than she did Brooke. Do y'all out there, do you understand this? You're not going to go to the gym and lose all 30 pounds you got at Christmas in a week. Make you just a little bit of time. And you're going to get on the treadmill and you're going to do a little bit more running than you have been doing, a little bit more walking, a little bit more pushaways. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Luke 4 38. Let's go. Say, my best days are ahead. You better believe it. Now, see, I'm. I, 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 All right, I'm going to ask you all a question right now, and it's a personal question. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, don't want to incriminate yourself. How many of y'all are living in sin? I don't mean all of y'all. I don't mean that you're perfect. I didn't ask you that. I'm talking about you, are, you have yielded to the devil this week, and he told you to do something, and you did it. How many of y'all are living right now in sin? How many of y'all can't help that? You can, can't you? Nod and look spiritual. If you lied, you know good and well you could help it. So God told you to resist the devil, didn't he? So whenever you get a bad thought, why don't you go over there and just slap that guy upside the head? You go, man, that's Satan. You shut your mouth. I'm not going to slap him. I'll slap you. But because you said that, I'm going to go over there and pray for him. Now, you don't have to do everything that hits your head. You don't have to sin. When you're flipping through the TV set and it's rated double X, rated R, whatever they call it, you can go on to the next station and watch National Geographic if you want to. Right? What if we did with sickness the same thing we do with sin? I'm not having that. Shut up and get that off me. I'm not taking your flu. I'm not having it. Now, that doesn't mean that you always get it. It always happens immediately. It doesn't. But, you know, he said, the Bible says, resist him and he will flee. Right? Did he lie? No. But see, when we get sick, we go, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm sick. I'm believing God. Well, you just took it. Didn't you? I want to pray for my bursitis. It's yours. It's yours. 
I'm not, I'm doing pretty good. I don't have any. I'm never going to have any. Now, I will never be sick. I didn't say I'd never be in a fight. Y'all understand that? I can't be sick. I'm healed. I'm not trying to get saved, but I've had a bout with temptation before. And I've been tempted to have the flu. That bed, that new pillow. And Lisa coming in there and putting that cold rag on my head and making me mater soup. Yeah, Jesus. Or I can get up and get a sermon and just come on to church. Hallelujah. Boy, I did not need Now, I'm going to say something. Even faith churches, most of the people in them don't know faith. If you're fighting from defeat, you don't even know what faith is. And when you're, when you're, listen, we fight all of our battles from victory, don't we? Am I redeemed? I'm redeemed. Am I healed? Yeah. How you feel? Uh, that has nothing to do with it. I am the healed because I'm the healed. That's who I am. I'm not a, I'm not a man struggling whether I'm a woman or not today. Well, I had a feminine thought this morning. I'm a man. If men would resist the devil, they wouldn't go down that road. If you'd resist the devil, you wouldn't get sick and die. Now, I know that sounds oversimplified, but if, it, if what I'm saying is true, folks, this is good. Now, I, nobody said it was easy. I didn't say this is easy. That's why people don't do it. It's a lot easier to blame your, your, your heritage and go to the doctor. And hope somebody will help you. That's just, a, that's just lazy. When I got born again, I didn't go to AA. If you're in AA, I'm not against you. I didn't go to Alcoholics Anonymous. I just quit. Did I want a beer next week? Yes. A cold Miller. I could taste them. I could ride down the road and go by a sign and go, oh, I'd love to have a cold one right now. I, I'm, I'm saved. I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to stay on this. I'm saved. I got to talk to the Miller sign. I bind you in Jesus' name. I ain't having another Miller highlight. Now, I'm, I never did say I'm a recovering alcoholic because I'm a new creation. I'm not an alcoholic, devil. No, I may want one, but I'm not an alcoholic. And I'm not a sinner. And I'm not sick. Do y'all get this? You understand what I'm doing? All right. Now, we're talking about the fact that if it's the devil and you have authority over the devil, you actually can do something about this. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. Don't get mad. Just don't, just, just, I can make you mad, but please don't. Going to the hospital is not in my job description. Well, if you loved me, you'd come to the hospital. Well, if I loved you, I'd teach you the Bible and you wouldn't be there. And if you were, you'd be either praying for something. And if you go, don't get in condemnation. I may come, but if I don't show up, don't throw a fit, you little baby. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I'm trying to help us. We've created a monster. The pastor is the man. He's got to come to the church and lay his hand. He's a man of God. I'm going to tell you, you're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Why is it your neighbors are not getting healed? You should be out doing this. Why do you think Jesus spent three years, some say three and a half, teaching his disciples because he's going to leave? He hasn't made a hospital visit in 2,000 years. He's had his church doing it for him. 
He did it for a while, but the 12 was his greatest work outside of Calvary to train them to take care of business when he's gone. Why do you think you're in church? I'm training you to take care of business. I can't be at everybody's bedside. And it's wrong. It's wrong to even ask a pastor to do that. That's why churches are little. It's why churches stay little. Pet me, pastor. No. (laughs) Well, I'm going someplace where they will. Well, it'll be a small church, and you're going to kill it when you get there. No, I mean, do I love you? Absolutely. Would I love to come to you? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. That's not possible. Lisa's brother's got nine kids. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? The house runs well. One does the dishes, one folds the clothes, one milks the cows. They got jobs. You have a job. Mama is not taking care of everything in the house, and neither am I. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I didn't think. Is that okay? Do you all see this? This is why churches die. This is why every move of God, people have killed every move of God. Because they refuse to pick up the baton and obey God, follow God. When I got born again, I started praying for sick people. That's because I lived 100 miles from my church. Couldn't call him. If it did, he wasn't coming. Already told me that. He ain't driving to Athens. Luke 4, 38. Look at this. And when he rose from the synagogue to enter Simon's house... Simon Peter's mother was sick with a high fever and made requests concerning her. And he stood over and he said, oh, God, oh, God, this is a precious woman. I'm asking you if you would please just come down and heal her of this fever. We understand that she's been going through this and it's not a good thing. And we're believing for healing. We're believing. What Bible are y'all reading? I'm reading from the reverse translation. What are y'all reading from? (laughs) It's not in there. Is it? Somebody tell me what he did. What did he do? He talked to the fever. Didn't he? All right. Ha! I'm going to say. In the book of Genesis, it says God made man in his image and likeness. Now, that means that we are like him because we look like him. But what does he mean in his image? God does everything with words. And he made us like him. He said, Adam, I give you dominion. Like me. And Jesus came as a man operating as God. Walking with God. And he taught the disciples. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. If you say to this cancer. Now, you said mountain, but a cancer is a mountain. That means it's big, and you don't take a shovel and move that dude. That's deadly. I say to this arthritis. I said to that rebellious spirit in that child. I said to that, to that, I said, I said to it. Are y'all there? Come on, come on. He spoke to the fever. He didn't pray for him. So I went over to Nathan. Nathan's praying. Nathan, this is a precious, this is a sweet man. Every time he talks about Jesus, he starts crying. I just love Jesus. He's precious. Precious man. And I went over to his house, and he's over there, and just quoting the word of God. and, And I just laid my hands on him. And I said, Tumor, you will not kill this man. You come out. You died in Jesus' name. Well, I'm not the only one who did that. He'd been doing it. I just wanted to hook up with him. It wasn't my faith. It's his. But I'm just hooking up with him. Because sometimes you need, you know, you need friends. You get in trouble. You need some friends. I'm going to give you all a scripture right here. Friends stick closer than a brother. If you have friends, they're not going to be gone next week. As a matter of fact, if you have friends, when all hell breaks loose, they will be there. The rest of them, they were never friends. You say, I have lots of friends. 
No, you don't either. You really don't have that many. But the ones you have, you send them Christmas cards. And you buy them some gifts. Because anybody that would like you is good. And me. Are y'all getting this? So Jesus said, now he's talking to his disciples, and he walked by and he cursed the tree, and he wanted them to see it. Walked by the next day, he wanted them to see it. I want them to see the tree. I want them to see the tree. And he went, the tree dried up. He goes, guys, one more lesson. If you say to the tree. Now, everybody talks to stuff. Now, me, I talk to traffic lights. I say, do you think you have eternal life? <laughs> because you've been read a long time. And I really have a spirit of patience, but I'm getting kind of tired of you. Change. Green. Arrow. B. Arrow. B. And then when it changes, I speak to the car. Gas pedals on the right. <laughs> Off the phone. Hit it. Of course, I'm the only heathen in here. <laughs> I can't stand people to sit at a light when it changes. And it sit, and they sit, and they sit. I'm, I, I, now that's the only, I'm, love is patient. Love is patient. Love is patient. Hawk! Love is patient. Okay, I know none of y'all ever did that. Please forgive me, Heavenly Father, for those sins. But I talk to stuff. I talk to trees in my garden. I talk to my orange trees when I was planting them. I said, now you'll bear fruit and you ain't going to die on me. Because you're my tree and you will bear oranges and you will bear grapefruits. And they will be sweet and they will be good. So when you see me walking around the yard mumbling, I'm talking to the trees. <laughs> Jesus talked to trees and he gave me permission I will talk to trees. Now the tree the woman planted out back to block my view, I talked to it too. <laughs> It's not there. I drove by my lawnmower and I stopped and I said, die. <laughs> Next week, I drove up, die. <laughs> About a month later, I had a little green trees, brown, leaves are falling off, and finally, it I'm serious. Does this work? Yeah, it does. I'm going to tell the stupid one. I got to tell the stupid one now, Lisa. When we lived on Votar Road, I hate phones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a talk with Alexander Graham Bell. I just don't like phones. All the time. So we have this phone in our house. And every night when we're doing dinner, some salesman wants to call me. Well, you know, when you're a pastor, you're going to pick it up because there's no, there, back then there was no who it is. <laughs> Hello? Have you got enough money? You know, okay. So finally, one night, the phone rang, and I went, I curse you. In Jesus' name, don't you ever ring again. I did. Hour later, no ringing. Hour later, no ringing. I said, yeah. Lisa picked it up, no dial tone at all. <laughs> phone is dead as a rock. Lisa looked at me. She said, hey, smarty. You've got to go buy another phone. $80. She had to go out and buy. 80 bucks was a, was a hunk of money back then. My, I, I killed it. It died on the wall. It shriveled up like, an, uh, like a tree. And so I, after that, I thought, if that would work for money, 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 come, money, come. It does. Are y'all okay? Everybody good? All right, let's move on because y'all are wasting all of my time. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. In a minute, we're going to pray for people. But listen to me. I need you to cooperate with me. Are y'all out there? You, you've, I, I can't do this if you don't cooperate. And then after that, I need you to learn to walk and live by faith. Let's go back to me for a minute. I'm going to read this in a minute. But I'm going to go back to me for a minute. I wish that I would never, had never gone through congestive heart failure. I really do. I really hated the whole stupid thing. 
But after it started hitting me, I got to the place where we lived in that house and I couldn't climb the steps to get upstairs. I'd get up to the steps and I'm just, I mean, I'm sucking air like. (sighs) What do you think the devil's telling me? I'm going to die. You're going to die. Now, they don't, there's, no, there's no cure. No, there's not. Once you damage it, it's... So I went to the doctor and said, well, we can put a pacemaker in you. And I went, no. What am I doing? I am resisting the devil. I am, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not old and I ain't having no pacemaker. Now, if you have one, don't get in condemnation. I don't and I never will. So I went home that night and I said, I'm going to walk to the mailbox in the name of Jesus. You say, why didn't you get jogging? I didn't have that much faith. I was doing all I could just to breathe. So I walked to the mailbox and got back and I went, ha, devil, I didn't die. Ha. So the next day I said, I'm walking past the mailbox to the end of the road. The devil said, Lisa will find you on the side of the road. I said, well, hallelujah. And I'm walking down the road going, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I run and I'm not weary. I walk and I'm not faint. Was I in a fight? I'm in a fight. I'm in a fight. Then after the next day, I walked all the way down Johnson. You never heard the story? At the end of the year, I climbed a mountain in Alaska. I ran to the top of it. I jumped on top and went, hey, devil. Long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Was I out of breath there? Yes. We just got back from Jerusalem, and I told them that we, we walked 15 miles. We walked 11 miles one day, and in, and in Jerusalem, everything is up and down. There ain't no flat nothing nowhere. When it says they, put, they crucified Jesus on the side of a hill, that's because there's nothing but side of hills. <laughs> and in, 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 in everywhere is rocks. And I was up there one day, and I was looking. They took me someplace, and they wanted to show me a synagogue. And I walked up, and I looked down, and the synagogue is way down that mountain. And it's about that big. And I went, I ain't going down there. And I thought, no, yes, I am too. What am I doing? I'm fighting. I got to get this image out of my head. I got to fight. And so I went down. Easy going down. Down's easy. When I got down there is when I prayed for the, the uh, not, it's not the colonel, um, the, well, the commander. And he's going to be coming here one day. I prayed for the commander to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I would have missed God. And I turned to him and I said, listen, I am the healed, but I also have Florida legs. So I'm going to head up. I got out of breath one time. All the way up probably a mile hill. Now you can ask Lisa, there was a time two years ago, I was barely making it over humps. So I'm telling you all that, and I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling you the word of God works, but we have to work that word. You've got to work it. If you're not going to work it, you're going to have some talking to do. Okay, in in 1 Peter, look at this. Chapter 5. Verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares on him who cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour, kill with sickness, poverty, and death. I added all that, but it's still true, isn't it? He's looking for somebody to take out. He's looking for you. Okay, resist him. He didn't say sin only. He said resist him. Is he talking about sickness? Yes. He's talking about everything that's from the devil. Go to Luke now. Luke. What was the scripture, honey? Luke 10. Luke 10. Luke 10, 19. Let's go over there. Are y'all doing good? Is this, do y'all understand what I'm doing? I'm I'm trying to help you work through this. Because if you don't learn this, you're going to spend your life Praying and waiting on God. I'm not saying that God, there's, a, there's a time to pray and wait on God. Where do you want me to go to church? Who do you want me to marry? There's things you pray and wait on God. But this is not one of them. If it's, if, it's, if it's sin, you're not waiting on God. If you get a pig in your house, don't wait on God. If the baby messes up the diaper, do not pray and wait on God. Wah, I believe in God. Wah, I believe in God. 
Oh, y'all, I mean, that may sound like it's simple. I'm telling you the truth. You're not waiting on God to change the diaper. He's not going to change the diaper. You're going to change that diaper. If I come to your house and you have a rattlesnake, don't pray about it. Find it. Before I get there. And throw it out. Is that difficult? Cast it out. Well, we're just believing God that it won't bite anybody. I'm leaving. Ain't biting me. Do you see how silly we think? Do you see what we've done? All right, Luke 10. Now, I want you to look at verse 9. I'm going to read verse 8. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as set before you and heal the sick. What? You heal the sick? It didn't say that. Yes, it did. Where is God? He's, we know it isn't you, but if you want God to do it, you're going to have to do it for him to move through you. So who is the one healing people? It's you. Now, that'll get you thrown out of churches and stoned. Now, watch who you tell that you heal the sick because they will crawl up one side of you and down the other. But you've got to get a mental image of what is happening here. You want them to get well? Lay your hands on it and heal them. That's hard to hear, isn't it? If you don't, what will happen? Nothing. There was a farmer, his wife and him lived over in the big city, and uh, they always wanted a farm of their own. They lived in the city, and he said, honey, I just want to be a farmer, and they found a piece of property, you know, way out in the country, and he had to kind of take a train out there, and so he told his wife, he says, I found a beautiful farm. It's an old farm. It's, you know, the person died, you know, a few years ago. It's really a mess, but I'm going to stay here, and I'll call you in the fall when the crops are in and, and bring the kids and come on. She says, okay. So he's out there and he gets in the field and it's just full of small trees and, 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 and there's rocks everywhere in the house. The roof is falling apart and everything. And he just spends all summer, finally gets the field in order and he plows it and plants corn in it and soybeans and tomatoes and, and watermelons. And he plants all this food in it and he fixes the house and paints it and he gets her all ready and he calls her and says, come, I'm ready for you. The farm is all ready. The crops are in. Come on. So his wife gets off the train. He goes and gets her in a buggy and brings her. And she says, look what the Lord has done. And her husband's standing there and he's a little bit mad. He said, well, you should have seen it when he had it alone. Am I right? He had that farm all the time. And there wasn't no maters growing. There wasn't no the roof was falling apart. I mean, God had that farm and it was a mess. How much do we have to do? Folks, I'm not, I'm not saying you're God. I'm saying God's in you and I. We've got to start thinking like Jesus taught us to think. Boy, I'm trying my best. Trying my best to get us out of this, this need, vic, defeat mentality that we're in and to realize sickness and disease and lack is an enemy and it's not for you. And if you want something done about it, you're going to have to do something about it yourself. Yes. Now, is God with you? Yes. yes. But he moves when you move. He prays when you pray. He walks when you walk. You know, God is doing a real good job this morning preaching, isn't he? But it's amazing how he didn't do too good when I wasn't here. <laughs> I'm not doing this alone. I know the anointing. I understand that, but he's not running this church without me. Without me, it goes back to nothing. So your life, you know, God is waiting on you. He looked at the man and said, do you want to get well? What kind of question is that? My question is, do y'all want to get well? Do you? All right, look at this. Let's read this one more thing. He says, and the 70 returned with joy and said, man, the 
devils. We went and cast them out and they jumped out of people's ears and tongues and eyes and their toes and they went flying everywhere and we saw people who were deaf healed and we saw all kinds of stuff happening. They're, 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 they're pumped. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you, he's talking to you. Say, he's talking to me. I give you authority. Now this, come on folks, you have no, I, I, you, if, if you don't know this verses in the Bible, this, you've got to get these verses out and you've got to read them and you've got to confess them and you've got to get a hold of this. He gives me authority over all the work of the enemy and congestive heart failure is a work of the enemy and I have authority over it and I'm not going to die with this. Does that make sense? Now, let's talk about my personality a little bit. I'm actually introvert. You say, oh, you're crazy. I got this way dealing with the devil. I learned to dance in a fight. I learned to shout in a fight. You can't be introvert and be victorious. And I got kind of wild. Walking around my house going, ah, oh, you foul devil. You're not taking my kids to hell in Jesus' name. No, you're not. No, you're not. You foul devil. I got authority over you. Great is the peace of my children and the taught of the Lord. My children are taught of the Lord. Hey, daddy, daddy, daddy. No, you're taught of the Lord. Do you understand me? You were taught of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Y'all getting this? Now, this is called name it, glam it, blab it, blab it, grab it. Call it anything you want to call it. This is what Kenneth Hagin started teaching the body of Christ back in the 50s. The Lord said, go teach my people faith. It wasn't, see, because most people back then, they, the, the, God would give them something. They said, God, oh God, I'll do whatever you say. Oh God, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you, God. I'll do it. And the devil come along and say, God's making you sick. And you say, I love you, God. If it, if it glorifies you, I'll take it. And so the whole body of Christ went crazy. And, and church people, they love God. If, they, if you think it's God, you won't resist him. Do you understand that? But when you go, mm, this ain't God. I'm not having this. Now, I don't know about you, but you know the Bible says that, that Jesus, when he dealt with the devil, he spoke the word to him. But there's a scripture, he says, and the devil left him for a more opportune time. That wasn't his last fight. You haven't had your last fight. You understand me? You better learn this. Not look spiritual, Paul. Say, Paul, say, I'm getting it. Good man. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.